It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. What's going on? Welcome to the latest episode of the Locked On Wizards. We are going to be broadcasted on Nothing But Net radio channel. And today, I am your host. I am Arthur Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. And today, my guest, I figured I'd give the spotlight to some of uh, my favorite Wizards Twitter uh, people. Uh, hashtag Wizards Twitter. And his name is Ian. Ian, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man. What's going on? Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate the shout out. Yeah, no problem. Uh, go ahead and plug your uh, Twitter account. Yeah, if anyone wants to follow, a pretty decent follow on Wizards Twitter. It's at the real Ian underscore E. Yeah, there we go. Um, I I feel like Ian, you pretty much watch every game. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, every game I can. Um, even even when I'm at work, I'm always sneaking into the break room uh, to catch the game too. So yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I was like that up until this year. I feel like I've missed a lot more games than I have in the past. But yeah, it's always it's always good to have uh, some perspective from like every game. So. We are going to talk about the game last night, unfortunately, um, that ended up as a loss for the Wizards. Um, they played the Detroit Pistons without Blake Griffin. A part of me was like, oh, maybe it'll be uh, a pretty manageable win, but it ended up being a 103-92 to loss. Uh, I don't think that score really does it justice. It, it always felt like Detroit was in control of the game. Uh, just looking over the stats real quick, Bradley Beal put up 15 points in uh, 35 minutes. He shot 6 of 17 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Uh, probably, I mean, everything else is kind of ugly from the game. Kali Oubre was his second leading scorer with 14. I just always feel like if if Beal is at 15 or less than 20, it probably wasn't a good game. Um, on Detroit's side, we have uh, standout performance, performances, obviously, from Andre Drummond, who I swear to God, every time we play him, I can't wait till it's over. He had uh, 24 points and 23 rebounds. Solid contributions from Reggie Jackson. Um, I think Stanley Johnson did an excellent job on Bradley Beal all night. It seemed like he was hounding him. Uh, any reactions from the Wizards-Pistons uh, game from last night? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost it's almost kind of predictable at this point, right? 
when we're going up against a team who, when you when you look at the roster, just the one through the five, not super talented, um, aside from maybe Andre Drummond at the center position, with Blake Griffin injured. And it seems like that has happened. It's just it's happened so many times this season where the Wizards go in to a team that they should be able to beat um, that also happens to have an injury to their best player, and they love to underperform. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming you felt the same way about when you saw Blake Griffin was out. I was like, oh, maybe there's a, a legitimate chance that we could steal this one. Um, I can't imagine what this Pistons team is like with Griffin and, Drum- and Drummond. I feel like that's I, – I, I'm not really big into DeAndre Jordan. I mean, I know he's he's been someone that I wouldn't mind on the Wizards, but that's just yeah. – that, that speaks more about the quality of centers that we have, more so uh, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Andre Drummond is just a – he's a monster on the rebounds and the pick and roll. He might not – be as explosive as DeAndre Jordan, but he's definitely, you know, bulkier and like more of a presence. Um, have you seen? Oh, yeah. Have you seen the I would, Pistons uh, play? With I, would, I would kill to have um, Drummond be the center on the Wizards, but like you said, that's kind of more. That speaks more to the centers that the Wizards yeah. have on their roster. Um, I think I think Drummond's come a long way. I used to hate on him a little bit. He used to be a super poor defender, but he's improved. I think dramatically as far as just being a rim protector. I mean, he blocked. He had a few blocks last night, if I remember correctly. Uh, um, yeah, it looks like he he's officially recorded as one. But I feel like I, I, there were definitely a few shots that he altered for sure. Yeah, it could have been a few Gortat flail shots at the rim. Who knows? Yeah, pretty much. Um, have you seen the Pistons play with uh, Blake Griffin? Uh, I have. They were they were pretty hit or miss. They had some success at the beginning, uh, right after the trade happened. He was he was kind of feeling it from the perimeter. Um, he mm-hmm. was hitting his three point jumper, yeah, which was helping them a lot. But then they also, if I remember, after they won their first two games, maybe three, they went on a losing streak, and then gotcha. that's when he got hurt too. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, see, that's what I sort of assumed, especially with Blake developing a three point shot. I mean, at this point, everybody has a three point shot except our big men. Um, yeah, except our, I would love I would love to see that. Just yeah, that, March just chucking him up from the corner. I mean, even with uh, Toronto with Valanciunas, who can like pull up from three now. So like, I, yeah. I can't imagine what that does because that has to stretch the floor even more so. Like if you have a a lineup with a a stretch five, stretch four, and then like Porter, Beal, and you know Wall, that that's that seems like pretty tough to stop as long as like they're quality shooter shooters but we're stuck in uh our, our centers are stuck in like 2005 where our backcourt is in 2018 yeah it's tough to it's tough to talk about the center position right now if you're a wizards fan it's you know gone, gone are the days of uh Gortat dropping 30 points and one billion rebounds against the Pacers in the playoffs. You know, those, those are gone. Those, you know, those days are gone. When I think of Gortat, that I'm pretty sure you're talking about the same playoff game where he just went off for like 30. I think I, I think it was like 36 points and like almost close to 20 rebounds. That game I think was, he had, I think he had 19 boards. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. That that game was like the game. Like, unfortunately, I don't really remember other Gortat games. 
But yeah. that one definitely stands out. That was I his mean, game. I remember him having games like that. I remember him having games like the triple overtime game against the Raptors years ago where he okay. had 30-plus and 20-plus yeah. again. But that I think the NBA has changed too much to cater oh, yeah. to someone like March. Mm-hmm. You know? um, it's tough. He, he went from being able to just exploit the pick and roll, you know, him and John Wall against much slower centers like Roy Hibbert to now he's trying to, what's he on the perimeter against Carl Anthony Towns? It's just not very very ideal. Kelly Olniak. I I feel like every time I host, I always bring up Kelly Olniak. It's just, (laughs) it's still very frustrating that, you know, I, I was about to say we, but Brooks couldn't make the adjustment to take Mahimi and Gortat out of the game and just put, Morris or Jason Smith, for that matter, on Kelly Olniak. But again, every time I host, I always bring that up because it, it just it still hurts it's me. It's a killer till, man till yeah. today. Um, anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, uh, I felt like Gortat had a. Uh, at this point, I don't remember when in the game, but there was a. I think it was right at the beginning, where even Drew Gooden, who was part of the um, broadcast last night with Steve Buckhands was pointing out how Gortat was, you know, feeling it early. Uh, he ended up shooting 5 of 7 for 10 points, uh, 12 rebounds, and he was a minus 11. Um, yeah, and I remember it was the the very beginning of the game. He had, I think he had 8 of the Wizards' first 10 points. It was at least 6 of the first yeah. 8. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was getting to his spot well and just getting up quick hooks before Dre um before Drummond could recover there. He's playing well and it's funny because every time we go up specifically that he matches up against Andre Drummond um even if you look back far back historically the last several seasons he tends to play super well against Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Um but but tonight he or last night he just got he got punked kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I will give him that credit. I I feel like he has success with Drummond because he's Drummond is more of like an old school sort of type of center where it's you know back to the basket type deal. Um, and because or uh, Gortat has had some similar success with like Demarcus Cousins, which is really weird. But I think with Cousins, with Cousins, it's more of a head game. Like Gortat knows like to exploit like that. He's lazy, so he's like hustling up and down the court, Um, you know, just get under Cousin's skin, kind of like Kevin Garnett used to do with uh, Andre Blotch. Um, God, those were also terrible (laughs) matchups, terrible memories. Every time we played uh, the Celtics with Kevin Garnett or even uh, the Timberwolves for that matter. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But uh, moving on, so uh, that was last night's game. Uh, the Wizards play again Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon, actually. I didn't realize it. The 3 o'clock tip, uh, hopefully that'll bring the uh, return of John Wall, uh, which we can dive into a little bit because um, I feel like it's kind of uh, – it's uh, it's not getting the attention of the quarter quarterback controversy like Cousins and uh, like uh, Kirk Cousins and Red and Robert Griffin the third used to have, but 
I feel like there's going to be some, I don't know, like, Beal is going to have to delegate. Sadoransky is going to have to move to the bench. Like, roles are going to change. And anybody that's gotten comfortable while Wall's been out is going to definitely have a big adjustment period. Uh, what do you think, what do you predict, um, let's just say that Wall is good to go tomorrow night. What do you think, uh, what are you expecting from John Wall if he plays tomorrow night? Um, I think obviously there's going to be a minutes restriction. I would assume. I don't know if I don't know if Brooks or anyone from the organization has touched on how many minutes that's going to be. Um, I would hope to get a good 15 minutes of play from him. He looks, you know, from everything we've heard, it seems like he's healthy again. He's practicing full contact. He looks good. Um, it's interesting to think about the change in the team dynamics with wall on the court. And then kind of what we've seen, I guess it's, I guess it's going to be remembered as the everyone eats era. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Everybody but, eats, but it was like the first like 10 games. And then after yeah, that, it's small, yeah, of course it's a small sample size went away. We, you know, the scouting reports kind of catching up to the team without, without wall. But I think, the major difference and one cool thing that's been fun to watch the team without without John Wall is the hyperactivity that's happening off the ball. And it's something as fans who, you know, we, we watch every game, it's something we haven't seen in a long time because typically the Wizards formula for success has been let's just give the ball to our best player and he's going to set the table and he's going to force defenses. He's going to give the defense multiple incorrect choices right like you either leave a man rolling wide open to the rim or someone or you leave someone open in the corner for a three or you give me an easy lane to the rim for a dunk and you have to choose what you're going to stop me doing and i'm you know as john wall he makes typically at least in the past this has been kind of a weird season makes the right decision like 90 percent of the time um but off ball and i didn't i didn't really notice this as a weakness in his game until we saw all of the activity from Sadoransky, but everyone else without Wall on the court, constant movement, constant screen setting and rolling mm-hmm. to the rim, um, everyone moving to different spots on the floor. Uh, going back and looking at footage of Wall without the ball in his hands, and, and I, love, I love John Wall, but he, he would sit in the corner and pretty much do nothing. Right. Um, Almost taking himself out of a play. Yeah, and, and, you know, maybe I get that you stand in the corner to maybe create some more space, but just sitting there, you either catch the ball and shoot up a three or, you you know, you get run off the line and take a mid-range J at the end of a shot clock. So I don't know. My gut tells me that when John Wall comes back, we're probably going to get more of the same as far as he's going to be setting the table he's going to be facilitating and i don't think i don't think the trade-off is a bad thing because he's so dynamic but in a perfect world i would love it if if he had been paying attention or watching any of the film sessions from these games that he's missed could you imagine i mean john wall improving that part of his game and being elite off the ball because it would be you know when i think about the size and the athleticism and his basketball iq it you know it makes me think of like Dwayne Wade when you look at John Wall and you imagine what he could be off the ball if he right. wanted to be. Yeah, no, that is uh, definitely a great point, and it brings up uh, at this point probably a couple weeks ago, I believe Sports Illustrated 
pulled up a statistic that, right to your point, John Wall has only made one cut his entire season. It's insane, dude. It's crazy. One cut to the basket and he missed. So, although this is more of a... It's more of like who he is or what the offense is set up. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Brooks is telling him, just stand there. But obviously, you would hope, just like you mentioned, that when he comes back, he kind of adapts that part to his game. Because if anything, that's going to create easier looks for him. That's going to create, you know, easier like breakdowns. Like if they hit him on a backdoor cut, with his speed, he can either score very quickly or with his creativity and his passing, he can, like, kick it out to, like, a wide, an even more open look for, like, Porter or Beal or somebody else that's on the wing. Uh, but, yeah, that is something that I'm definitely going to pay attention to because even just watching highlights while he's been out, like, of old games and stuff, it's it's just standing around, like... It's kind of like one-on-one basketball and, you know, everybody else is on the on the outside looking in. And I think that is what causes, you know, people like Porter or people like Kelly Oubre, Bradley Beal to go cold from three. Because, I mean, you need a rhythm to put up shots. And if you're just standing around the entire time, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, that those are all great points. Uh, I think most of if you're a Wizards fan, you're hoping for that type of result as well because I know it got extremely frustrating. And I'm hoping it was because of the injury, but just watching him just sit there, like just stand completely yeah, and, checked out. And in the past too, it's interesting because in the past you you could kind of understand it because there, there was really no one on the roster even capable of facilitating at, a, at even like a fairly high level aside from, from Wall. But now you've got... I mean, a few guys have just developed into, I would say, very good passers. I think Otto Porter's got good court vision. I think he's a good passer. I think um, Markeith Morris, for all of his faults, um, actually has pretty good passing ability for the for the four. And and even even people like Mar- you know Marcin Gortat, and to an extent, um, which I guess we'll talk more about here in a second. But Bradley Beal, he's improved. You know, he's still got a long laundry list of faults that really bother me, especially when it comes to him facilitating and maybe taking on too much of a load. But he's also dramatically improved his passing ability. So I think when you when you look at the people that are on the court with Wall when he gets back, he has if – if he wanted to take a lighter load from a facilitating standpoint, he totally could. I just don't know if he wants to. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's that, you know, he was – hampered by his knee injury because i mean that would probably make me want to not move as much um but you know especially if uh you're always on the move defensively the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We were going to talk about playoffs. Um, How about this? I'll give you a quick 30-second spot. Who would you like to see in the first round and why? 
Okay, so it would be Indiana if I could pick anyone um, because outside of Victor Oladipo in a playoff environment, none of their weapons are too scary. I don't think we're going to catch Indiana because they're on Mm -hmm. fire right now. So revenge series against Boston with hopefully maybe no Kyrie for half that series, maybe the entire series. Right. That's my pick. Yeah, okay. Um, I echo your same thoughts. I think... My biggest thing is that they end up being healthy during the playoffs because the way things are playing out, I mean, Beal has played close to 40 minutes uh, more than he should be right now. I mean, I know the Wizards haven't officially clinched, but it, say they clinch tomorrow night, I yep. feel like they should really like limit minutes for Porter and Beal and throw out McCullough and throw out... Um, I mean, I act like there's a million young pieces on our bench, but throw out McCullough, throw out Smith and uh, Frazier, and just let Sato and Beal, uh, two players that have really carried the load during this time that Wall's been out, let them rest up. Because, I mean, at this point, we're going to be matched up against Cleveland or um, Cleveland or Philadelphia at this at this rate that we're going. Um like what? What is a what? Is it really worth like trying to win? You know, however many games are left, so that you play. You know, you clinch the fifth seed or something. I don't think it's worth it. I think that no. And, and last it. night you almost lost. I mean, I don't really. I don't. We haven't gotten an update on Otto Porter, but also when Bradley Beal banged knees, right? With I believe it was Joe Ellington. I mean, that was terrifying. Yeah. So I'm. I don't really mind who we play in the first round. I would love to avoid LeBron, but at the same time, like, this is the hole that we dug ourselves into. So if we deserve LeBron, we deserve LeBron. Uh, <laughs> maybe, ne- maybe next year we won't go, like, what seems like 0-25 against sub-500 teams. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's going to wrap it up here on Locked on Wizards. Uh, one more time, I am at District Maba. My guest today was uh, Ian Evans. Ian, what's your uh, your Twitter account again? Uh, at the real Ian underscore E. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Please make sure you follow at Locked on Wizards for the latest and greatest on what is going on with the Wizards. Uh, let's hope for a John Wall return tomorrow night, Saturday or Saturday afternoon against the Charlotte Hornets. And I am your host, Arthur Reynolds. Please follow me at District Mamba, and I will catch you next week. Have a great evening and go with Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.